0: Okay, I don't know how big the center of the Venn diagram between hookup listeners and gamers is, but just go with me on this, okay? So, imagine you're playing a game where a quest sends you on a really exciting journey, but as you're traveling down the path, you find yourself at a fork in the road. You've got a few options, but you can only choose one route. And once you choose where you want to go, you can't go back. It's at this point in the game you start to panic. What if you choose the wrong path? What if the treasure is better down the other road? What if this road leads you to a dead end? Or to a challenge you don't want to face? And before you know it, you've got your phone out and you're googling walkthroughs and you just want instructions on what to choose so that you don't end up messing up the game and essentially your life, right? Yeah, that feeling, it's kind of like relationship FOMO. The fear of missing out because you've got way too many options. And right now, you don't really want to choose a bad one. Heyo, it's your girl Nat Tenchich here. And in this episode, we're talking relationship FOMO. What it is, why we're always looking for greener grass, and whether there's a cure. When it comes to relationships and life in general, it can feel like you only get one shot. There's no autosave, no spawn points, and no ability to skip cutscenes. It takes time, and it's a bit scary. So it makes sense for you to stress about whether you're investing into something worthwhile, and whether the relation is up to your standards. And that's when that pesky FOMO starts to creep around your noggin, making you doubt whatever it is is in front of you, even if it's ticking all the right boxes. It's the feeling that you're missing out on that perfect someone out there. And maybe you're looking at your current relationship and feeling like you're settling. This is where Anna is at. She got in touch with us about a new person she's been seeing. He's so great on paper and ticks all of her boxes, but she says something's missing, a spark. She's wondering if there's a better option out there.
1: I ended a relationship in the middle of last year thought I was over that started dating again I'm now not sure if I'm not over that I guess I'm trying to work out whether I commit to the person I've been dating they're really keen to go down that path but I've got some doubts it Is the doubts because I'm not into them or there's not this spark like is there such a thing as a spark am I still not over my ex am I concerned or thinking that there'll be more people out there you know online dating there are so many people in. And- I met this guy pretty quick. Is that a sign? But then other times it's really good. And on paper, you know, if I was to write down all the things about him and what I'm looking for in a partner, he ticks all the boxes. So what's holding you back then? I guess I've got this feeling that there's something. Is it? I don't know, he's a bit boring, but is that enough?
0: Oh no. You know what they do say? They say when you're sort of, when things are good and you're compatible and everything's like functional that that can be boring. Yeah but
1: I don't know and like the sex is okay,
0: but shouldn't we want to like at the start of
1: dating like, you just want to be ripping each other's clothes off and yeah, I guess I've got a bit of a gut feeling. People say trust your gut. My gut keeps changing its mind. He's 100% in. I've think would marry me tomorrow. Maybe that's scary. I like his company, but I think I'm subconsciously comparing him to my ex and we don't get along quite as well like he doesn't make me laugh as often yeah maybe sexually there's not as much chemistry but he's a really nice guy it's like on paper he is handy kind to me he's attractive solid family values driven very emotionally intelligent like we've got similar interests does all the things that you want from a partner
0: do you feel like with more time you'll be able to develop feelings? I I think so, but then I'm concerned that maybe more time would mean that I end up just settling. And maybe
1: if you shouldn't know by now, you should know.
0: Are you scared of settling? Yes, but I'm
1: also getting to like a pivotal age in my dating life and I'm scared of not finding anyone.
0: How old are you if I may ask? I'm 30. Okay tell me why you're feeling this and where this feeling comes from. Probably I
1: always imagined having a relationship with someone that was supportive and exciting and full of love and lust and maybe my last relationship was like that. I think I'm also idealizing that though Mm -hmm. and this one doesn't feel quite the same, but it's good in lots of ways too. Maybe I'm yeah, I might be scared of getting involved. But also I'm thinking there's that like, well, if this is okay but not amazing, will there be more okay's but not amazing? But what if I say no to this one and then I never find another okay? Like at some point we should be enough and we should just be say actually that this person you get along with them, they're kind, you've got some similar interests that yeah, give it a crack.
0: Yeah. Well I mean you found some you found okay's in the past, right? Well not really. No? I feel like I dated for a long time
1: in my early 20s and there was no one that I ever really wanted to continue hanging out with longer than a few months. So that's already a good sign for this guy.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you think holds you back from going further? Being concerned that there might be something better out there. How will you know if you've found the person that you don't feel like is settling? I don't know. I stop looking or
1: I stop having that, that
0: thought that maybe
1: there is something better out there. I'm just... Content, but yeah.
0: is that ever okay? Well, I think it comes down to you, right? Your perception of contentment is within you. What are you looking for exactly? Like, who would tick all the boxes? I mean, you say this guy ticks all the boxes, but the spark box is missing.
1: Yeah, it's the spark box.
0: Is it the feeling of missing out, do you think? Like, is that kind of what really makes you nervous I suppose like that you couldn't have this particular time in your life with the exact right person and you've got to search for that exact right thing. Maybe maybe to a degree like if I pursue this
1: for a year or two and then I'm still feeling like this kind of indecisive not quite right and then I do call it like was that a waste of my two years and How long will it take to find someone else and what happens to
0: my ovaries? Because I would question like what a waste of time really means when it comes to a relationship. Like what's the end goal? But for you, the end goal is um, having a family, yeah? I think so because, yeah, I would
1: agree that like you're always learning something from a relationship, having good experiences and getting to know a person. But right now it just feels like I'm putting more pressure on myself but also at that time in my life where there is more stuff going on. It feels like right now that sort of, making a decision and the dating is there's more pressure on it
0: yeah I also wonder too like surely someone stable and nice and good for you is a good candidate for that sort of thing right you think so
1: (laughs) but like also if you're with someone for 10 years or however long you kind of want to have a good time
0: be sexually attracted to them you're like you're having fun together. Do you think you can work on the sexual stuff? Like, you're not sexually repulsed by this person, are you? No. No, it's just a bit boring and it's two months in. But yes, we can work on it. <laughs>
1: when do we say, actually, this is good enough? Like, when do we stop looking for the next best thing and just be like, I am happy with this. I need to not, like, look at Tinder and see that there's 20 other single, possibly available people that could be better out there and just enjoy what's happening for as long as it feels okay
0: do you feel like that with other parts of your life too like with with jobs or um like where you live or anything like that that you kind of have to keep one-upping yourself yeah and
1: that's probably I don't know if it's like a generational thing or kind of society at the moment like I can't make decisions about what I want to order for dinner let alone a life partner part of growing and being a good human is looking for the next you know wanting to continue and grow but We need to stop asking ourselves, like, the what if
0: question. At some point, I think we have to just be, like, I'm content. So Anna is well and truly caught in a riptide of relationship FOMO. And then from that, a fear of settling. I mean, I don't like this word settling. Doesn't it just make you feel cringe? Like, it's really negative. And it really doesn't have to be, as we're about to find out. So where does this nego idea of settling even come from? Dr. Jerry Coranzis is an associate professor at Deakin University. He studies human relationships, and he says it comes back to this idea of pop culture selling us on the one.
2: Of all this literature out there in pop culture, in music, if we look at all types of art, where there is supposedly the one that we're searching for, So I think for many, it's the question of whether what you currently have is the one. And what we've spoken about before is this idea that for some people, they have a very fixed view of what it is that they're looking for. Uh, It's as if it's their destiny. And anything that might be particularly good on paper or you may be in an actual relationship that actually ticks a lot of boxes and is very healthy and very good for you, if it still doesn't meet in your mind's eye what is the one, then you can experience some dissatisfaction. You can experience this idea that uh, I think this is falling short for me in terms of what it is that I idealise. And because of that, then you're wondering whether you're settling. So I think that plays a lot into it, Matt, because as we've said, if you have that particular mindset and sometimes you're not even clear what the one looks like, but you believe that there is the one out there. And maybe you've, for whatever reasons, you you, you don't feel like this is the one, then you're engaging in self-doubt. And the more you engage in that self-doubt, it it creates its own self-fulfilling prophecy. The more doubt you engage in, the more you believe this isn't the one. Well, if this isn't the one, then there must be someone else out there. But also, if you look at the kind of online dating landscape, the sheer volume of choice tells you that there should be a bunch of alternatives out there that are available to you, that are viable, that are at your fingertips.
0: Big yes on the perils of our modern world. Social media. Online dating! To take you back to the video game metaphor for a moment, once upon a time we were playing linear side-scrollers. We generally had one path to victory and we weren't so aware of all the options out there. But now dating apps have dropped us in an open-world map. It's massively multiplayer online and we are spoilt for choice and a bit overwhelmed too. Clinical psychologist Dr. Marnie Lishman says this is a huge factor contributing to the FOMO fields.
3: We're just social animals that compare with other people. And I think accidentally we're constantly comparing um, with this ideal or this this perfect life. Probably even 40,000 years ago before social media was invented, <laughs> we were probably looking at other villages and other tribe members and, and looking at the attractiveness and things like that. So I think there's always probably been that social comparison and that whole um know survival of the fittest and make sure that we mate with the ideal partner you know for survival and i think that we're grounded in that but yeah i think tech high tech has really messed around with a lot of it because again what we're seeing is um an eye this perfection online where someone looks like that but no one looks that amazing all the time no one's that perfect all the time no relationship is perfect all the time and what we're comparing is our reality our 24 7 with the ups and downs of life, you know, the highs and lows, the successes and failures, the imperfections that every single human being uh, experiences of their journey of life. We don't record all of that on social media. So um, it's almost like a a valid comparison that we're constantly doing and it's making you disgruntled with what you already have that could be working quite well if you weren't comparing with other things.
0: Not only do we play a big game of comparison through the phone screen, but we also have some pretty ingrained social conditioning.
3: Finish high school, go out with maybe one or two people and find someone pretty quickly and settle down. I think we've still been socially conditioned like that because I think that's what drives us unconsciously because that's what's kind of been drummed into us, into our childhood and adolescence. And it's our blueprint for life. So I think on some level, a lot of us feel like, we should be settling should and should is a key word here this is this is a word our psychologists tackle with our clients a lot is that I should be doing this so I feel guilty if I'm not Mm. but then on another level a lot of us are like no I want the freedom I don't need I can I can be with whoever I want and I shouldn't I should strive or be by myself for a period of time I don't need to settle, you know, like there's a different way of thinking. But I think, you know, those cartoons that we grew up with where there's there's on your shoulder, there's like the devil and the angel, like little <laughs> cartoon. Mm. So I think in some ways there's like our unconscious going, you should be doing this. Yeah. But then another part is like, no, stop that. Like I, I need to find my own pathway and do what I want and find that right person. But I still think for a lot of people, the settling, you know, if they find someone who's completely lovely, but is not the right person person and they're still striving for someone else I think there's still a funny feeling that goes with that and I think some people because they're generally good people they don't want to hurt their person they're with so yeah settling's such a it's quite a negative word isn't it but I think some people settle because they're good people and they don't want to hurt someone that they do really like um because there's that inner stirring that there's something more out there in the world that they could possibly meet, a different person that's going to align more with everything about them. Like Marnie says,
0: it's this constant push and pull of wanting to find that special person that we apparently should be settling down for. But on the other hand, like, what if this isn't actually that person? Because, you know, you're never actually going to know. You can't literally date every single person on the planet. And that yearning for more is really tricky to understand, is it a legit need that you have to explore for yourself or is it just you being influenced by the world's obsession with optimization? Cause it feels like satisfaction isn't allowed. You always have to be optimizing, improving, bettering everything, yourself, your career, the things you have, and your relationships seem to be included in that space. And as Marnie and Jerry have said before, this feeling is totally facilitated by things like dating apps. I try and sell you the next best thing all the time. Here's Jerry.
2: The world we're living in tells us that we should up what we want, up our needs, up our standards. Because the more we up the standards, then the greater the chance it is that our relationship falls short.
0: Right, so that's a couple of heavyweights we're facing in this game of FOMO. And there are a few ways we can tackle these boss fights. But the path ahead is not straightforward. Let's go back to what Marnie was saying earlier about the little devil and angel on your shoulder. Should you stay with your new partner and settle? Or should you follow that yearning feeling and find someone new? It's by far the hardest question to answer. How the hell do you identify whether what you're feeling is genuinely coming from within?
3: Oh, yeah, it's it's really, really difficult. I think there's so many things checking with. The people around you, your your closest people outside of that relationship, your social circle, your family, friends, um, and, and just share your concerns and see what they say, because often they know us more than we know ourselves a lot of the time.
0: Money reckons you also need to be able to recognise your own patterns, like with Anna. She had this FOMO feeling with lots of aspects of her life, like her career, for example.
3: Yeah, a lot of people do that. They're, they're either in that kind of avoidance mode, like when people get too close, so a lot of our from a family history has a lot to do with this and our past relations so i think if you find that you constantly have this feeling when you're in a new relationship um, and that you kind of that flight response comes on at a certain time period then yeah go and speak to someone about it and see if you can get the right support because sometimes sometimes an uncomfortable feeling comes over us but if we sat in that uncomfortableness instead of running away from it something beautiful would happen but we haven't given it a chance so yeah working through with someone getting the right support is always the good thing
0: so you really need to give things a chance to blossom and bloom jerry says instead of moving on too quickly you need to take the relationship at face value and work on things
2: if the relationship is meeting people's core emotional needs love comfort feeling secure feeling supported engaging in lots of kind of positive activities where you enjoy your time together and all these other elements that matter in relationships, then you do have to ask yourself the question, so what is actually missing? And if some say, well, there are some things that are potentially missing, whether it be a great sex life, whether it be uh, you know more common interests, then the question becomes, well, are those deal breakers or can you work on them? And if you haven't worked on them, then how are you going to work on them? It doesn't matter what stage your relationship is at, whether you're at the beginning, early stages, whether you've been married for a very long time or in a committed, cohabiting relationship for, for many, many years, all relationships take some degree of work. And if you're not going to be investing that time and effort, which we also know are important factors in commitment, the science tells us that time, effort, energy uh, relates to being more committed in your relationship if you're not doing that then it's not surprising that you may be wondering whether this is the one for you whether you're settling because you actually are not entirely aware to the extent that you're doing enough
0: he's right relationships are hard work no matter what stage you're at coming back to basics and identifying these fundamentals are super important And Jerry says you can't rely on the world to tell
2: you what those are. What we need to do actually, and this is very difficult, is to put the rest of the world aside. Rather than asking the rest of the world and tapping into what people you don't know anything about are telling you, turn to those people around you who are trusted people. Turn to those people who know you particularly well and aren't going to feed you a bunch of BS. So that you can have an honest conversation that may help you identify what it is that you're looking for.
0: Yeah. So talk to your friends and fam about what you're going through. And with your best interests at heart, they'll be able to help you figure out what the right choice is. It's also really important to be careful about the energy you put into a relationship too. As these signals can create a pretty hectic self-fulfilling prophecy
2: one of the things that we study a lot in relationships is how people's relationship styles and how their attachment styles can fit into their relationships and the reason i raise it is i can give a good example if you have someone who may be somewhat uh avoiding uh, their relationship partner have difficulty discussing you know intimate issues difficulty with closeness they tend to give off signals to their partner that they want to be alone that Uh, they don't value intimacy, that they don't want to open up. And what can happen over the course of time is that partner who may have very much wanted to be intimate, to be close, starts to withdraw. So then the person who feels uncomfortable with closeness, who is avoidant to start with, develops this self-fulfilling prophecy. See, the reason that I avoid people is because people don't want to get close to me. See what my partner is doing. But actually that partner is responding to the signals being given off by the initial person. So bringing this kind of example back to this idea around settling, if people have some ambivalence, they're not sure about their current relationship, they have concerns about whether they're settling, and maybe they're not being as close, they're not investing as much time and effort in the current relationship, they're bound to give off some signals, even if they don't intentionally mean to that then has their partner themselves questioning the relationship and maybe not engaging in the same way that they once did. So I guess what this raises is the sheer importance of couples having discussions about where they're at in their relationship. Yes, there are times where people might be worried to say anything because they're worried about hurting the partner. But often their inadvertent actions are already in some ways negatively affecting the relationship as it is. And if you don't know where each other stands, then how can the relationship move forward in a positive way?
0: Okay, so we've gone hard on all the tools and tactics you can use to combat relationship FOMO. What if you're still getting that niggling feeling that something isn't quite right? Well, that's okay. Sometimes things just aren't right and you need to go alone and figure out what you're missing out on.
3: If you're feeling that inner stirring that you're settling, then you need to be to be a kinder person is to release that person you're with, even if it's just for a little period of time, um, even if it's just taking a break. So remember as well, break doesn't mean it has to end forever. It might just mean I just need to go and find myself because either you're going to find it either in someone else, the thing that you're chasing, or more importantly, is you're going to find that very thing within yourself. Because yeah. I think a lot of people um, are searching for. Unmet needs in other people, and what we really need to do is find that for
0: ourselves and have a bit of time to soul search. Sometimes, if you love someone, you've got to let them go. And more often than not, we're looking for something in other people that we really just need to find within ourselves. I'll leave you with some wise words from Jerry:
2: the idea that we want to be living in relationships that are utterly amazing. Um, from the kind of houses we have to the sex life we have to the communication we have and so on and so on, is utterly unrealistic. What we do want is that on most days, rather than not, we're around a partner who is kind, who is honest, who is caring, and that we can give some latitude that neither of us are gonna be our best selves on every day. Providing that doesn't involve egregious kind of acts, such as violence and all kinds of aggression and manipulation. And it's just the fact that, you know, we all have our good days and our bad days, then it's fine. But that's why it is so important that people are aware of what it is that they want in a relationship. And also to be asking themselves the question, if the relationship falls short of what they want, is it because their partner is really falling short of, of what it is that, that is acceptable in a relationship? Or is it that you have set the benchmark so high that no one will ever live up to your expectations and you've brought too much into the world saying everything has to be amazing?
0: That's exactly it. This isn't about your partner. This isn't about your friends. This isn't about culture or your bosses. This is ultimately about you. For a lot of us, really, life isn't about the goal. It's about the journey. And if you're loving playing this level... Maybe finishing the game isn't so important. I hope this episode has helped. As always, if you have a question, love or sex dilemma, hit us on Instagram or email thehookup at abc.net.au. Nothing's off limits. Catch you next time.